This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ronald takes the snap, looks left under pressure. Bullets one over the middle. Welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. It is officially game week. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be Friday morning, and the Jets play on Sunday against the Bills. We cannot be more ecstatic that Jets football is finally back. Uh, but really quickly, Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. And like you said, just, I mean, football's finally here. By the time you're listening to this, there will be an official game in the standings with Houston and Kansas City, but actual real live football and it's so much different this year because the first real game is the first game we've seen at all with no preseason Um, so it's just so unique these circumstances and it's going to be weird for the first regular season game to be the first actual football of any kind we've seen from the Jets this year but I'm looking forward to it and it's all going to come it's it's all going to come at once the feeling of how much of how real it is because we're going to be turning it on for the first time seeing all these players in uniform other than the practice a few days ago, but uh, like it's going to come all at once. Like this is the regular season. This is it. And it's finally here. So I'm excited. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think we're all here and you had a good point there. Just, and Gase was talking about it this week in practice, but I mean, it changes so much when you go from training camp to preseason to regular season, just going from training camp to regular season, when it's just going to be much faster, anxiety is going to be higher. Uh, it's going to be weird with no fans. And then the big thing is conditioning. And he's talked a lot about having to rotate a lot of guys. So on Sunday, I'd expect to see, uh, especially in the defensive line, and Greg likes to do this uh, regardless, but I, I would imagine there's going to be a heavy rotation of defensive linemen and linebackers. Um, heading into the week, the, the Jets are fairly healthy. Um, a lot of their training camp injuries are healthy by this point. Um, we're recording this, and, and I, Marcus May was held out of practice on Thursday, which is when we're recording this due to an ankle injury in addition to his calf. And then Mims uh, is now in the, the injury report for hamstrings uh, and was, was limited yesterday for, for people listening to this on Friday. So we're a little unsure about Mims in May, but outside of that, the Jets are should be pretty close to 100% as possible. Desir and Perriman uh, are back, uh, and the Jets team as a whole uh, is fairly healthy. Uh, Mims in, in May, specifically May, uh, would be big losses. 
uh, for the Jets, but there's still hope that, the, that they will play on Sunday. But uh, when you look at the Bills injury report, they do have Josh Norman, who's missed a, a couple of days of practice, the hamstring injury. Uh, Mike, let's just hop right into it. When you look at this Bills team, uh, what scares you, uh, I guess? Because I think the Jets are heavy underdogs going into this game by pretty much every um, analyst. When you look at CBS's, uh, I think it's like the fan predictions for every game, 95% of people pick the Bills. I know they, me they and you They definitely know what they're talking about. Yeah, okay, it's the <laughs> average fan. Uh, now, I mean, me and you are a lot higher on the Jets and lower on the Bills, I think, than most people. And I think both of us think that the Jets do have a legitimate shot to win this. Uh, but we were talking about it before the podcast. This is probably the first year in a while where I have literally no idea what to expect from the Jets. I mean, there's a scenario where the Jets are actually surprisingly good. Um, you know, it's a second year under Gase, Douglas uh, rebuilding the offensive line for Gase's scheme. Uh, a lot more players brought in that seem to have really formed a strong locker room. And, you know, the Bills are a good example of not necessarily having the best 53, but the best players for the New York Jets or the Buffalo Bills in their case. Um, just a team that's, you know, uh, works together, well coached, uh, and whatnot. But when you look at the Bills, Michael, I guess the first thing is, is what scares you? Why do you think the Jets are massive underdogs when you look at everybody else around the league? And uh, just talk about that, and then we'll, we'll look at the flip side of that and is why the, the Jets could upset the Bills on Sunday. Well, I think for the Bills, it all starts with the defense. That was their strength last year, what carried them to 10 wins and the wild card spot. Uh, that they did take. They were seventh in defensive DVOA, gave up the second fewest points per drive. Uh, and they were lower in DVOA because their schedule wasn't really that good. But in terms of the raw numbers, only New England gave up fewer points on a per drive basis uh, than they did. So the defense was dominant last season, carried an offense that wasn't that good. Um, so it all starts there. And the core of that defense is the secondary. At cornerback, you have Tredavious White. Um, who was definitely one of the best corners in the league last year, has an argument to be right up there with Stefan Gilmore. Uh, he gave up a, no touchdowns and picked off six passes last year uh, on throws into his coverage. So he's as good, as good as it gets on the outside. And then at safety, you have one of the best duos in the league uh, with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Both of those guys, great tacklers, get it done against the run, solid in coverage. Um, they're just a really solid duo, those two are. Neither of them have like that special classic ability, like whether it's Jamal Adams as pass rushing, Ed Reed as a ball hawk, or Cam Chancellor and his ability to make hard hits. Neither of them have that classic ability, but they're just both so versatile and solid all around. Uh, and, and it's perfect for a Bills defense that's just built around fundamental play. They're not big on takeaways. They're only 14th in uh, turnover percentage for us last season. That's not the core of their defense uh, and not even, they didn't even get too many sacks last season uh, either. Um, their defense is just built around winning on third down, winning in the red zone, preventing big plays is a huge thing they did last season. Uh, I believe they gave up the fewest 20 plus yard plays in the league. So they're a fundamental defense uh, and they were ninth in sacks last year, but that's more so based on their coverage being so good to open up a lot of sacks to spread around the entire defense and it all starts with those three guys. So uh, the safety duo is going to be tough for the Jets as they try to run their offense through Le'Veon Bell, Chris Herndon at tight end, uh, and then White at cornerback against a wide receiver group for the Jets that's really shaky right now. Uh, it's going to make it tough for Rashad Perriman in his Jets debut to get off the ground pretty quickly. So uh, it all starts with the Bills' defense, and that defense is built around the secondary with those three guys, White and then Hyde and Poyer uh, in the back end. 
Yeah, the defense is certainly what what drove the Bills to the playoffs last year, and uh, I think I believe that the Bills have the most uh, the highest amount of returning players uh, from last year. And, yeah, and they, I'm not sure the actual number, but they're they have a lot of continuity, and that's right. going to be helpful this year. Exactly, especially in a year with you know limited off season and no preseason games. Uh, it you know on the surface it seems like the Bills should be able to pick up. Uh, right where they left off. And when we talk about Norman, if he does play, he's a guy that was a former pro bowler under uh, John McDermott. Uh, it's kind of a similar story uh, that the Jets dealt with, with Tremaine Johnson about, you know, uh, trying to find uh, to rekindle that, that former pro bowler with his former coach that he saw that success under, but we'll see if Norman plays, but he's a guy that I look at on the defense as a potential weakness. And I, Michael, I believe you had a lot of numbers about this as to why Josh Norman has been pretty terrible the last year or two. Uh, and if he plays, especially if he's, if he's dealing with a bum hamstring, that could be a place where the Jets uh, can target. It seems like he'll probably match up with Chris Hogan as the number two receiver if, if, Mems, if Mims uh, starts on the bench as the Jets' official depth chart uh, points to. But, Michael, what are some of the things about Norman that stick out to you as why the Jets could target him? Yeah, Norman has given up eight touchdowns in each of the past two seasons. So that's 16 over the past two years. That's more than any other player. And you just look at some of his film. The Jets played in Washington last year. Uh, I believe he was a part of the Jamison Crowder touchdown on the wheel route, but a few other big plays as well. Uh, and he, he's just not good. He's, he obviously is getting playing time in Washington because of the deal that he signed and, you know, just based off of that. But he, he's just really unimpressive the last couple of years there. The numbers back it up. But if you look at the film as well, uh, it, do, it does back up uh, what you see with the numbers. So if he does play, and he does have the connection with uh, Sean McDermott from Carolina, so that's probably why he is starting there. Uh, because they do have that connection, there's probably some confidence in, in spite of what he's shown the past couple of years. But that's definitely a weak spot on their defense. Uh, as good as White is, uh, the other side is going to be open. So the Jets right now have – that's a big question mark, that wide receiver two spot. Uh, with Mims missing most of camp and still dealing with a few nagging injuries right now. So it's probably going to be Chris Hogan out there who would, who is, you know, he gives you veteran experience, but honestly, you look at all depth charts in the league. He is probably one of the worst second wide receivers in the league, but uh, he could have one of the best opportunities to do damage on the Jets offense. Like we said, the safety duo is very good for them and that could help shut down Chris Herndon. Uh, Bell could have, an opportunity to do some work against the linebackers. Matt Milano last season, Bell had a couple of first downs against him as a receiver. So that's a matchup they can win. Uh, but if Josh Norman does start and play, that's a weak spot. The Jets need to exploit. And that could come down to Chris Hogan. So right. uh, Hogan did not have a good season with the Panthers last year, but uh, he could have a very important role in this game, which is something we definitely didn't expect a month ago when Chris Hogan was not a part of this team. But uh, he could be one of their keys to winning in this game. Right. I, I think the three guys on offense to keep an eye out on, in order, go Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder, and Chris Hogan. Uh, I'm excited about Chris Herndon's season. I think he will have, have a big season, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bashad Perriman and even Denzel Mims, you know, considering how many snaps will play week one. Um, but breaking down those three, we'll start with Le'Veon Bell. First, the Bills are the number one passing defense in the league. They play a lot of cover four. They mix in some cover three, but they like to keep everything in front of you. Michael, as you noted, they're not a really aggressive defense. They don't force a lot of takeaways, but they rely on their strength, which is their secondary. And their front seven is built to get after the passer. Um, they don't have, you know, a super elite Khalil Mack level 
uh, pass rusher, but guys like Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver do get after the passer. Um, but the key is to run the football against them. They are a defense where you can run against. Uh, and people criticized Gase for his week one game plan against them last year. But that was, if they had a better offensive line, the right game plan to beat the Bills, which was a lot of running the football with Le'Veon Bell, a lot of quick passes underneath to your slot receiver, which James Crowder had a monster game, at least receptions-wise. And then you take your shots when they're, when they're there. But a lot of underneath uh, – stuff in addition to the yeah, game. if Darnold hit his deep shots to Robbie in that game which they were very close and you could blame Robbie a little bit Darnold um, he was dealing with mono in that game but if they hit a couple deep shots and if the run game were better the Bills are not an aggressive defense they don't clog the line of scrimmage too much they like to give you a simple four-man rush light box if you can't run against that Bell ran the ball great in that game if you're watching that game you knew how, how well he was running, how many defenders he was making miss. But he still wasn't efficient because the O-line was that bad. And if you're not right. going to run block well against a light defensive front, you're just not going to be able to do anything, no matter how good of a game plan you're drawing up. So that can't be an issue this year. And right. if, hopefully the offensive line is good enough to where uh, they're not going to have to work around that because no coach is going to be able to get around an O-line that can't run block even when they have numbers advantage. Right. If the Jets can block well, especially on those early downs and set the Jets up in second and five uh, and third and five or less, that's how they're going to win this game. It's going to be running the ball behind Le'Veon Bell, avoiding those big negative plays. And obviously those are cliches, but when you look at the Bills, that is the recipe to beat them. It's why they struggled uh, against the Ravens last year, which is a primarily run first team. They're not yeah. built to the stop Bills the were run. sixth against the, in terms of DVOA, sixth against the pass, 22nd against the run. Yeah, I mean, that says it all right there. So I'm excited for Sam Darnold week one. I want to see what he's got. But it's, it should be the Le'Veon Bell show for the Jets. Offensively, if they can get Bell going, uh, I think they have a very, very good chance to win this game. That's, I, that's the number one key for me. When you look at Sam Darnold passing, obviously he's going to have to throw in this game. Uh, Crowder's the guy that, that I look at first and foremost, not just because he's Sam Darnold's favorite receiver. He has all that chemistry with him. When you look at week one against the bills, I think he had 12 or 11 catches. Um, but when you look at the bills again, that, that nickel corner, uh, which I think is Teron Johnson, it, but depending on Josh Norman's status, uh, whoever it'll be, it is their weakest link in that secondary and it's the jets strong suit in their receiving core. So a lot of underneath stuff to Crowder is the way that the jets are going to succeed in the passing game. And then what we just talked about with Josh Norman, presumably going up against Chris Hogan, Hogan does have that nickname seven 11 for always being open. He's a little older now, probably a little slower, but it does sound, yeah, you know, it sounds good. To, I don't know if it's true though. Yeah. If, if you sound, if you listen to training camp reports, it does sound like he has a solid rapport with Darnold. Um, so I guess the hope is that that can carry over a little bit to games, but the main guys are Bell and Crowder. And then outside, I guess you, you look at Hogan. Uh, those are the things that I look at when I look at the Bills defense that the Jets can, can do to exploit yeah, And it. you're right about the slot too. Teron Johnson is their primary slot guy. He gave up a reception every 7.8 snaps in coverage last year. That was the fourth most among slot corners. Right. And, and when you look at – that's clearly where the Jets want to target because Chris Herndon – and we just talked about this, how I'm excited for a season, but Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are one of the best safety duos, especially right. like you just talked about against tight ends. And then when you look at Tredavious White matching up with Rashad Perriman, that's not a matchup you want to target. So the main one to exploit is, is, has got to be Bell and Crowder. And I'm sure that Gase is going to mix in uh, Gore in the run game, who was a Buffalo Bill last year. I'm curious to see um, 
if if P Ryan can't go, they'll probably activate Josh Adams, see if he gets some run. But the big thing offensively is has got to be Adams, or excuse me, it's got to be Bell. Um, and you know, other things to keep an eye out for Darnold, it's got to be the limiting turnovers. I mean, it's again a cliche, but whoever wins the turnover battle should win this game. And and Darnold did a much better job towards the second half of the season not turning the ball over. And you talked about how the Bills don't force a ton of turnovers, but if the Jets are going to give the Bills short yardage situations, easy field position, off an interception or a fumble, they're going to lose this game. So Darnold has to take care of the ball, understand that this probably isn't going to be his biggest game from a stat perspective. The stat perspective, the Bills are just that good against the pass. But if he can manage the game, get Bell going, make a few key passes on third down, the Jets will be in a very good place offensively. Uh, when you look at defensively for the Jets, the goal is very simple. And, and the Bills offense, it's interesting. It's kind of built to beat the Bills defense because the Bills do very well is they run and they throw underneath. Despite Josh Allen having a bazooka for an arm. I mean, when you watch this Bills offense, it is literally drag route, flat route, swing past the running back, out route, slant. I mean, it's all stuff that is primarily under five yards and mainly under 10 yards. A lot of short stuff, quick stuff, trying to keep the chains moving and staying ahead of the sticks so they don't face a ton of third and longs. Um, but they run the belt well. They run the ball well with Singletary. They're, they have a Ricky Zach Moss as well. Um, but for the Jets, it's got to be to keep Allen in the pocket, make him a pocket passer. Um, because as you saw, even though they lost that game against the Texans in the wild card, when Allen was able to run wildly against the Texans secondary, that's when he gets some momentum going. That's when it poses problems to the defense. Michael, without a guy like Jamal Adams, who do you think on this defense is going to have to step up into that role of spying a guy like Josh Allen, or at least limiting those plays where if he breaks pocket, let's say the Jets send a blitz and he rolls out the backside of it, or they don't do a good job containing on a four or five man rush. Who is that guy that in your mind that Greg Williams is going to have to really focus on this week as far as spying Josh Allen? And in addition to that, what are some of the keys to preventing Allen from running amok over this Jets defense? Well, I think it's really a team effort and just, you know, just understanding the approach, every single guy out there, me and you were watching some film before we recorded this of Allen against the Ravens. And there was one play where the safety blitzed, but, he kind of went inside to try to beat the running back and get the sack, and then Allen scrambles out. It makes a pretty good throw. So it's just a collective commitment to understanding that you have to put your own production aside for when you play a quarterback like Josh Allen, who you know can hurt you with his legs, but if you keep him in the pocket, then you know he's pretty lackluster compared to most other quarterbacks. You just have to be able to understand that as a unit and be committed to squeezing the pocket in and not you know, chasing your own sacks and then compromising the edge and giving up space for him to get outside because, you know, he can, he's a great scrambler. It's a legitimate tool for in his game. He can make guys miss in the open field has a pretty good long speed. So he can hurt you out there. And the jets in the first game against the bills last season played him pretty well, even though they lost and blew the lead. That was really mostly because of the run defense without CJ Mosley. Um, Obviously, they won't have Mosley this year, but it was the long runs they were giving up to Devin Singletary mostly, and, and also a few scrambles to Allen as well. But for the most part, they only gave up 17 points, even with the offense doing nothing to help the field position. Uh, and they forced, I, I believe, four turnovers, but they also had Marcus May dropped an interception. They had, May did have another interception that was called back because of Daryl Roberts' penalty. So they're forcing turnovers left and right. They had a safety in that game. Uh, and they only gave up 17 points. So they played them great last year. 
They stopped the run very well until that second half when Mosley went out. Uh, and then in the passing game, they kept everything in front. The back end was really good. Marcus May, which is – it's important to have him. He played great in that game. Uh, so that's really the main thing. You have to have a collective understanding. Every single guy in the defense has to understand. It's not about sacks in this game. It's about keeping him in the pocket, uh, and that's where we can limit his effectiveness. Right. Staying committing to, committed to your rush lanes – uh, is going to be a huge thing for this Jets defense. Uh, and that's where interior pe- uh, pressure really matters. Because if you can get right. that pressure up the middle, that's how you can affect him without having to worry too much about scrambling because you have the linebackers back there who will probably be spying him for much of the game, whether it's Hewitt or Cashman. Uh, maybe we even throw Brian Poole, Bradley McDougal, bring them down into the box. Ashton Davis, maybe that's a good place to use his speed right away. But if you can get that interior pressure, that's how you can – you know, affect throws and get sacks uh, and, and just really not even the sacks not don't even matter too much, but just affecting throws and, you know, being able to, you know, make things more difficult for him without uh, having to compromise the edge and give up space towards the sideline. So Quinn and Williams, Nathan Shepard, those guys have an opportunity to make some things happen. Uh, so that's really what it comes down to just everyone understanding uh, the commitment to that. Right, and that, that key point you made a few uh, minutes ago uh, about it's not about sacks, which I think is a really important thing to preach, that it's really just about containing Allen in the pot. That doesn't mean you don't take him if they're there, you don't want pressure, but you don't want to sell yourself out um, to get a sack and allow Allen to break one um, down the left sideline or something and give up a big gain. If you can keep Allen in the pocket. Yeah, the Jets had one sack in that game. It was the strip sack by Jenkins, but they had one sack in that game against in the opening game. Right. against Allen. And I think the results were pretty good. I think you would exactly. take what you got and they only had one sack. So it doesn't come down to that. Despite the fact that the bills are a former playoff team and the jets are a team that's looked at as one of the bottom five teams this league uh, in this league this year, which I don't agree with the jets actually match up fairly well with the bills. I would say that the Bills' strengths actually match up uh, or the bills weaknesses actually match up quite well with the jets strengths. Now we'll see how this run defense is without uh, Jamal Adams uh, they didn't have C.J. Mosley for the second meeting, but he was obviously a huge part of, of the first meeting. The Jets' defense was good last year without Mosley, but now they're going to be without Adams, and then we'll see the, the availability of Marcus May. But assuming that the run defense is still a strong point of this defense, it probably won't be as good as it was last year without Adams. Um, but I, I would expect the run defense to still be fairly good, especially if a guy like Quinn and Williams can take the next step. That plays right into Buffalo's biggest strength, um, and, and then when you look at, as we just talked about with their slot corner matching up poorly against Jameson Crowder, that's a, a matchup that the Jets want to exploit. But for the Bills, they do have one thing going for them that I am very concerned about for this Sunday, and that's Stephon Diggs against right. these Jets corners. It's going to be a big test for whoever's guarding him, whether it's Bless Austin or Pierre Desir. Michael, I guess talk about this matchup and how that worries you. Um, not just Stephon Diggs. They do have John Brown, who, who was a pretty good a target for, for Josh Allen last year. They had great chemistry. And then Cole Beasley in the slot, who's, who, like Crowder, is a very good slot option for the Jets. Luckily, the Jets have pool there, so I'm not too worried about Beasley. But between Brown and Diggs, a lot of speed and then a lot of ability to create separation, which is something that Josh Allen thrives on. Yeah, this is undoubtedly the strength of this offense. And it, I think it already was last season. Brown and Beasley were a, a really solid duo Beasley's one of the more productive slot receivers. Beasley is kind of the opposite at, uh, of Crowder in the slot. They're kind of similar in terms of how good they are, but they get there in very different ways. 
Crowder's a little more boomer bust. He'll have some great games. He'll make some explosive plays, but he'll also have some cold stretches. But Beasley's a little more consistent from week to week without as many high points, but you can count on him every single week. But last year when the Jets played them, uh, Poole held Cole Beasley down pretty well. Beasley did not play too well in that game. He obviously had the drop that led to the pick six. It was a bad throw, but it was catchable um, by Mosley. But John Brown did some damage against them in that game last year. And obviously that was in the first half of the season when the Jets had some really bad play at outside cornerback with Daryl Roberts and Tremaine Johnson. Uh, he's Brown scored the go ahead touchdown on a play where he was penalized by Daryl Roberts. So um, that was at the point of the season when the Jets had two very bad corners in the outside. Then the second half came and you had Austin and Millette and they were much better uh, than uh, Johnson and Roberts were. But like you said, Desir is probably going to be out there starting opposite Austin. So both of them will probably get some opportunities against both Brown and Diggs. But this is one of the best three deep wide receiver depth charts in the league. You have Beasley in the slot, Diggs and Brown outside. Uh, and Diggs is coming off of probably his best season, in which the Vikings really unleashed him as a deep receiver. He, he's always been known as more of an intermediate guy, but this past season he was one of the best deep receivers in the league. So that could really help Allen because deep passing is probably his biggest weakness. He's both of the last two years has been at the bottom in deep accuracy, but to have Diggs now who is a really good deep ball tracker should help him quite a bit. So I think, like you said, in the slot with pool against Beasley, that's a matchup. The jets should be able to, they should be able to keep Beasley pretty quiet and limit those short games, but it's, can they avoid getting beat over the top by Brown and Stefan Diggs can and bless Austin. The last time we saw him, he was giving up a, he gave up a big touchdown in an untimely spot against Pittsburgh. So has he learned from that mistake? Can he get back uh, to his peaks over the first few games that he started last year? Uh, and then Pierre Desir, what is he going to bring? We know that uh, he's a veteran. He's plenty of experience uh, with the Colts. He had a really good 2018 season, uh, was a little banged up last season, struggled and gave up uh, a few big plays over the top throughout the season. So, I think the biggest thing is, can you keep those guys in front of you, wrap up your tackles when you do get there? And I think that's something the, this cornerback group is good at, that's tackling uh, and play against the run. But um, I think Greg is definitely going to help them out as much as he can. That's what they did in the second half last year, played off cover three, uh, drop, them, drop into three deep zones and make sure you're keeping everything in front of you. But it still comes down to, ex you still have to ex execute that. It's not like you just call it and everything is okay. And uh, just because you call it, you're not going to give anything up. That's what we saw against Pittsburgh. Austin didn't play his responsibility, gives up a big touchdown. So I think that's what comes down to. If you keep everything in front, uh, then they should right. be able to hold Buffalo to uh, a reasonable amount of points that the offense can catch up to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, for, for Buffalo Um because there's a very glaring weakness on this, on this Jets team. That's the cornerback position. At least it's a question mark. Look, a guy like Bless Austin could surprise and, and make a big leap. He was fairly good for the Jets. The back half of, or I guess that was the only part he played of 2019 until he got benched. Uh, he was pretty good. And, and this year, he's a guy that I, I don't know, honestly, how he'll perform. I hope it's the 2018 version of this year. My fear, that rhymed, is that it won't be. That he'll, that'll probably be the weak link of this Jets team. Um, but the Bills have a very glaring weakness that they can expose is that their receivers are simply better than the Jets' corners. But 
the flip side of that is that you're going to have to put this game in the hands of Josh Allen and it'll be a big test for him. Um, but for the Jets, it's got to be, make sure you're, you're shutting down the run like you were last year. And if you do that and you force Josh Allen to beat you, you've got to keep him in the pocket. And look, it's going to come down to that. Can Josh Allen overcome some of the issues he's had in the passing game? They've loved to keep it simple for him, love to go underneath. Um, but if the Jets can do a good job, like what you're talking about, keeping it underneath, stopping the run, it's going to be on Allen to hit those shots over the top. Because, yeah, I worry about Diggs running right by a guy like Desir. Uh, for a big touchdown, but it's only going to be a worry if Allen can see it and execute on the accuracy of it. Of it. People think of Allen as a big deep arm thrower because he has that cannon, but it's quite frankly the opposite. He's so far last year was very efficient because he was going underneath, staying ahead of the chains, getting three yards, getting five yards, dinking and ducking. They were kind of the boxer that just kept going to the body, going to the body, going to the body. And then occasionally they take their headshot. They go for a, a deep bomb for Allen. And sometimes he nail it for the touchdown It'd be a big Josh Allen highlight, or he would miss it wildly inaccurate. It get it would get intercepted or be incomplete. Um, it's going to be up to the Jets though to handle those body punches and not allow the deep shot over the the top uh, to to be successful. If if Diggs runs wild for you know a big touchdown deep, that that's when the Jets could be in trouble. Um, now, what are some and of the, the key? And also, I think the run game is really important as well. And, and there's one particular guy who played a really big part in that Jets game last year, uh, and that's tight end Lee Smith. He had some real uh, – Buffalo got back into that game with long runs by Singletary. Also, uh, I think they had at least one designed run with Allen as well. But yeah. uh, Lee Smith had scored. some huge block. Yeah, and he scored – as well, the first touchdown. But Lee Smith had some huge blocks at the second level. Uh, one against Cashman, I think. Uh, I believe he had one against Hewitt. It might have might have gotten Jamal Adams once too, but he was leading a lot of those runs. And uh, that's something the Jets can't allow to happen. The linebackers have got to be beating the tight ends to the spot and getting some stuffs uh, to set Buffalo up for third and longs. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are built in a very succinct division between their, their GM and their head coach. I mean, you can tell that just with the way this team is built. It's built to Josh Allen's strengths, the, the offense and defense, the system they're trying to, to run. Every single player that's in this team, uh, it's on this team, uh, blends it and it goes in the same direction, I guess I should say. And the fact that the Bills have three very good tight ends uh, is a great thing for Josh Allen. They love to have all three of them out there, and then they can run you know, a QB power with Allen. Um, that was something that was very effective against the Texans uh, was designed runs for Allen and the Jets. Again, that's going to be something they're going to have to handle um, is not allowing a guy like Allen to get going, uh, not just scrambling, but on those designed runs. And look, I, I think Jets, I think Greg Williams defense is up to the task. I think that plays right into their strengths. Um, but again, like you said, Smith uh, and Croft and Knox, it's a very good tight end group. Um, and I guess the hope for the Jets is that Wesco can develop into a guy like Smith who can be an elite run blocker and pass blocker because um, that just adds so much to your tight end room, even if he's not going to be a, a high-end tight end one. Having a blocking tight end like that on your roster brings you so many things as an offense, and the Bills certainly love to use Lee Smith um, in that role. Michael, what are some of the key matchups? I know we've kind of talked about the overall strengths and weaknesses um, uh, from a unit uh, from a unit perspective, but one-on-one -on -one matchups, what are some of the ones that you want to keep an eye on? Well, I think you look at the Jets, you know, against this Bills offense that was very similar last year. Did a good job last season, like we said, forced a bunch of turnovers, only gave up 17 points, uh, which is, you know, a total that you can usually win against. 
Uh, so they did a good job last year. The biggest change is now you add Stefan Diggs to the mix, and this is suddenly becomes a really, uh, a really intimidating wide receiver trio. So like we said, I think Poole in, against Beasley in the slot is a matchup the Jets should be able to handle. Uh, and then I think with – then on the outside is where the big matchups are. Austin and Desir against John Brown and Stephon Diggs. And Brown last year is the one aspect of the Bills' offense that the Jets really – in addition to Singletary, his few carries in the second half. Uh, but Brown last year, seven catches, 123 yards, and the go-ahead touchdown against the Jets. So those two guys have to be on their game. And I think it's going to be – like I said earlier, it's not really going to be – you know, like Revis Island, like they're going to be going, you know, punch for punch with them. It's just going to be Greg's going to play conservative and he, he's going to try to do everything he can to limit the big plays. But it's just going to come down to executing those roles, communicating well uh, when you're, you know, pattern matching, being able to switch effectively and efficiently. Uh, like the in the game against Washington last year, the Red uh, – the football team's defense, they were not <laughs> communicating very well against uh, the Jets' offense, and they gave up a lot of easy plays because, you know, the Jets were running switch concepts down the field, a lot of different things, uh, and they were just not, you know, effectively passing those routes off, and they were giving up a lot of easy touchdowns for the Jets. And so even when it's not just man-to-man coverage, just simple 1v1, you have – it's on the defensive players to execute their roles and not blow coverages – and, you know, that's how you add value, just going snap after snap, not messing things up. And that's what I think is going to be huge for Austin and Desir. Can they just consistently execute their role uh, and make sure not to blow coverages, keep everything in front? Uh, and if you, can put the game in, um, if you can put the game on Josh Allen's arm, you should have a pretty good chance of winning. Because quite simply, and, you know, he could take a big step up. Absolutely he can. It's still only his third season. But at least to this point, he's been – a very one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league based on his uh, not his actual completion percentage, which is a bad stat. But uh, if you look at NFL next gen stats, they have a stat called uh, completion percentage against expectation, which compares their real completion percentage to what it should be based on the difficulty of their throws with pressure, depth, coverage, things like that. Uh, and based on what he's posted versus ex- expectation, he's been, one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks for two straight years. So if you can execute your role, not give him anything easy uh, and make him throw and make him dump the ball off, finish your tackles underneath, uh, and then make him make tight throws on third and long, uh, you should have a pretty good chance of holding them down. So I'm looking at those outside corners against a really good outside receiver duo in Stefan Diggs and John Brown. Right, and we, what I was just talking about a few minutes ago when it, would, when it comes to the Bills building around the players that they have and really working towards one vision, the easy answer to an inaccurate quarterback would be to play a lot of man coverage and force him to make those tight window throws. But when you have three receivers that are so fast and great at catching, uh, creating separation, they all have weaknesses in other, you know, they're not great red zone threats or anything like that. Um, but they create that separation, which makes it a lot easier for Allen to complete those passes. So I don't want to put a, a man defensive appear to see her on Stefan Diggs and uh, bless Austin on John Brown. I, I want to play more towards zone because I'm worried about playing that man defense and getting burned over the top. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's certainly the, the, when the Jets defense is on the field, that's the big matchup to watch. Now, of course, if the Jets are giving up big runs. That's not good for them. Um, but assuming that they can maintain the character of their defense that they had last year, it's going to be limiting those big plays from Allen. Uh, 
the, my favorite one-on-one matchup that I think, I mean, first and foremost for the Jets offense, I think that Bell is, is the big part this Sunday. Obviously, we talked about Crowder. I think that's a good matchup that he can win. But an underrated matchup is one that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. That's Chris Herndon because he was not among the three that I mentioned as far as matchups the Jets should try to exploit. But Michael and I were talking about this beforehand. If Chris Herndon is who we think he could be, and look, I'm not saying he is immediately, but we think that Chris Herndon could be a top 10 tight end in this league, especially towards the end of 2018. We saw the chemistry that he had with Sam Darnold. He really looked like he was going to be in that upper echelon of tight ends. Adam Gase has raved about him. Um, and while he's facing uh, an unfavorable matchup for him in Hyde and Poyer at that safety tandem, the best tight ends do win those matchups. And so if Herndon can win his matchups against whether it's Poyer or Hyde, that opens up a lot for this Jets offense because that's a matchup that they're not expected to win, that they are winning. And that opens up not just holes for Bell, that opens up things for Crowder. Um, so if they can, if Herndon can win that matchup that he's not expected to, to, to win and not something that the jets are going to be looking to target when they look at the bills weaknesses, but if he can win that matchup and, and be the tight end that we think he might be in a few years, um, that'll be a huge thing for the jets offense and certainly point towards the jets winning that game. Michael, what, what do you think about Chris Herndon's impact, if any, uh, on this game? Yeah. The point you made about, you know, him, like this is a matchup, like we said earlier, that, you know, we, we think will favor Buffalo because of, you know, just the talent they have at safety, how good those two guys are. But I like the point you made about this being a matchup that the Jets aren't expected to win. And if they can win it, you know, that's where you can really gain an advantage. And I think that's something that we'll talk a lot about as we preview every game this season. But a big part of how, you know, upsets happen is when teams win matchups that they're not supposed to because – you know, a team is an underdog because they're, you know, and there are more areas where they're weak compared to the other team than, than they have the advantage. So in order to turn that around, there have to be some areas where you beat the other team where you're not supposed to. And I think this is one area where the Jets could definitely do that. Like you said, I think Herndon can be a top 10, even top five tight end. He is that type of talent in terms of, you know, what he can do athletically, route running, just I think he's a complete package. And if he is that type of player, he should be able to neutralize that advantage for Buffalo. But uh, and, and that's not to say that if he doesn't, he won't be a great player uh, because those guys, Poyer and Hyde, are great in their own right. But this is a chance for uh, – this is one particular area where the Jets uh, can cancel out one of Buffalo's greatest strengths with Chris Herndon if he can have that type of game. So – Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they use him, how they split snaps with Ryan Griffin, if Wesco even gets some receiving snaps. But I think we'll see plenty of Herndon uh, in the slot. That's where a lot of his production came at the end of last season. He would flex out and line up in the slot. I think we'll see some some of him there. He'll get some man-to-man matchups, and we'll see what he can do with them. But uh, I think that's definitely, like you said, an opportunity for them to – for the Jets to make up some ground in an area where you would think they'd probably be at a disadvantage. Yeah, and you were just talking about using Herndon in the slot. This is something that I forgot to mention about Bell, but not only running the football, but if we're flexing Le'Veon Bell out wide, which is something that Gase did a lot more towards the end of training camp and has talked about uh, wants to get him more involved as a receiver. If you flex Bell out wide and you put Herndon out there, you're making defenses choose. Do you want to put the linebacker on Herndon? Do you want to put it on Bell? Who do you want the safeties to be on? It creates a lot of mismatches for that defense. And the Jets have two pieces, or I guess three pieces, in Crowder, Bell, and Herndon that can really mess up this Buffalo defense, attacking 
what their weaknesses are. And that's probably the slot corner of their secondary and running the football. And, and I think that using Herndon as a receiver and using Bell as a receiver is going to open up some things for Adam Gase in this offense. Uh, Michael, what, what are some of your predictions for this game uh, as far as obviously the final score, but stats, things that you think will happen. You can talk about not just your prediction, but how it could go the other way. Just kind of what you're expecting for Sunday. I know we've talked about that this is not in, in addition to not having preseason games. This has just kind of been a weird offseason for the Jets where we don't really know what the type of team we're getting because I could see this team being a 9-7 and seven wild card or potentially even a division winner because this division is so wide open. And I could also see them having the third overall pick in the draft. I don't know if that's just the fan in me thinking that they could have a good season, but uh, it's certainly a wide uh, range of results that, that I, I could see the Jets having this, this season. So, Michael, uh, what are you expecting for this Sunday? Yeah, season openers are always so hard to project because you haven't seen either team play yet. And like you said, I agree that this is, this is a Jets season that probably more so than any other, I don't really know what to expect. They're, they're not in this you know, obvious position of their, you know, just their overall timeline. Last season, I think we felt like, I think we were optimistic last season and we felt like they were a team on the rise. 2017, you knew they were tanking. 2018, you knew it was kind of a transitional year. But this year, there really is just a wide spectrum of things that could happen. If Darnold takes a leap and, you know, they finally have a good O-line, then it could actually be a, a playoff team. And maybe, like you said, win a weak division, but at the same time, there are a lot of holes on this team and it could be a pretty bad team. I could see that also, but um, I think this game is going to be a really interesting measuring stick for both teams as it was last season. You know, Buffalo won that game. They went on to have a successful season. The Jets did not. And, you know, it was a one point game, but not, it's not like we knew everything at that point. I think, you know, if Darnold, had stayed healthy, I think we still would have probably felt good about them after a one-point loss in which they missed a field goal and an extra point. But still, I think both we saw things about both teams that definitely held true throughout the season. The Bills played great defense throughout the year uh, and continuously won gritty close games like that. And the Jets had an offense that really struggled throughout most of the season and a defense that was pretty good. So uh, I think this is de we're definitely going to learn a lot about both teams, especially these two quarterbacks uh, and where they're at in their progression. Both teams are really banking on uh, their quarterback to take a big leap this season if they're going to take the next step for the Jets. That's making the playoffs for the Bills. I think they're shooting a little bit higher than that, winning the division and maybe competing for a Super Bowl. Uh, and it comes down to the quarterback. So that's what I'm going to be looking at the most. I mean, obviously, I want them to win the game, but – in terms of overall, where these quarterbacks are at, to finally get another look at them. Because we've been debating all offseason with ridiculous Allen and Darnold arguments, pulling out all these all the random stats you could find, all the clips, all the reasons to believe in one instead of the other. So to see them head-to-head -head on the field is going to be fun. So that's probably what I'll be most focused on. Yeah, and I think you raised a few good points uh, about this season for the Jets. And, and – it's been talked about all offseason, but I really think the offensive line is, is a huge right, yeah. part of this um, just because I think Gase's offense by nature requires an, an average, at least offensive line, preferably a good offensive line, especially when, you know, the Jets had so many, especially in the run game, not just the pass game. We know the problems that created with some of Gase's long developing routes and Darnold uh, forcing some passes and getting hit a lot, but 
specific, specifically in the run game, the fact that the Jets had a ton of negative plays, a ton of third and longs, if the Jets can have a at least average offensive line and, and set themselves up you know, in a second and five or a third and two and protect Sam for longer than two seconds, I think you're going to see this team take a leap. I do think that this is a better team. I think Joe Douglas put it well that there are a lot of guys who are not, who are not household names. Guys like Foley Fadakasi in the defense is not a guy that I, I would imagine anybody outside of Jets fans know. But I think Jets fans know that he's a good player. Uh, when you look at the offense, Chris Herndon is a guy that the average NFL fan probably has never heard of unless it's fan in this layer fantasy football fan or whatever. There are a lot of guys on this team that I think are better than their public perception. I think that's why the perception of the jets is so low. It's because they don't have uh, guys that, you know, Quincy Anun or Robbie Anderson became guys that people actually knew. Um, but I actually think this is a better team and it comes down to the offensive line. We've talked about how the bills are kind of a blueprint for the jets, despite being rivals. I think they did a really good job, uh, you know, executing a similar strategy as the Bills, you got to hope for similar results. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's the big part of the season is if the offensive line is is at least average, Bell's going to have a better season. That's going to open up things in the passing game. That's going to give them shorter distances. If the offensive line's better, then Darnold's going to have more time to create. He's going to have more time to read defenses. He's a second you know year in the same system. So look, maybe it's just a fan of me talking two days before week one. Uh, you know, I know how depressed we all were about three days after week one, given that we had blown a 16-point lead and then our quarterback had mono and was out for a month. So things can change rapidly a week from now. Um, but I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this team. I think I'm a little higher engaged than I used to be after going back and watching, you know, his whole 2015 season with the Bears, his 2016 season with the Dolphins. Um, there are some things there that, that I did see that I, I think um, opened my mind a little bit about Gase. Look, he's still in the hot seat. If he doesn't perform, he's out of here. Um, but I'm keeping an open mind about this, this team. When it comes to Sunday, I think that the Bills are going to do what the Bills do, and they're going to run their cover four looks. They're going to run their cover three looks. But I think they also know, when you look at Darnold, the big stat that probably jumps out to you is, is how, how bad he was under pressure, spe- specifically the first part of the year. Now, it's because the Jets' offensive line was absolutely terrible. But I think the Bills are going to send some heat at Darnold early on, test this new offensive line that hasn't had any time uh, in a preseason game to really develop chemistry. Reports are that they've looked good in training camp, but it's different in a live game. They have a rookie left tackle. Jerry Hughes is going to you know, target him immediately. Uh, so the Bills are going to get after the Jets. I think that they will be a little bit more aggressive, especially to start the game, trying to hit Sam Darnold, trying to test this offensive line. Uh, and that battle will determine the game. If that offensive line is holding up, I think the Jets have a very good chance at winning this game, more so than people realize. But if off the bat, you know, Becton's getting beat bad and the Jets don't have, aren't opening any run lanes for Le'Veon Bell. And they're, you know, going three and out on multiple possessions. It, it could be a, a nightmare for the Jets. Michael, as far as the score prediction or, or what you think will happen in this game? Yeah, I, isn't, I'm pretty sure this game is, has the lowest over under of the week, doesn't it? I have not sure, but I would yeah, I, I think it does, <laughs> but I, th- I think that is accurate. This is, these are two teams that are probably stronger on the defense well Buffalo definitely stronger at least last year on defense and the Jets so I think this will be a low scoring game similar to last year's probably somewhere I wouldn't be surprised if the team that won this game was under 20 Um, so I think it's gonna be low scoring game but I I've just wavered on my thoughts on the Jets chances of winning this game so much uh, thinking about it over the past couple weeks but I do lean towards the Jets losing this game. I know in our predictions that we posted on JetX, I had them losing this game. 
but uh, that's kind of where I lean. But I mean, it, it's really close to me. It's a lot closer than uh, whatever the line is. I think it's. I think the Jets are six point underdogs. But yeah. I think it's a lot closer. A lot closer of a matchup than that. I, I mean, I understand the Bills being favored that much. They were a lot better last year. But I do think it, this is a really. I would be surprised if someone blows out this game. Although it's probably more likely Buffalo blows out the Jets than the other way around. Uh, just because they have some more explosiveness right. on offense. Continuity. Yeah, if they connect on a few deep balls and their run game gets right. going and the Jets' offense is – yeah, they could totally blow right. us out. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close game for sure. Yeah, they could. They'd have a better chance of doing it than the Jets do. I, I think it will be close, though. If I had to pick a score prediction right now, I'd probably go Bills, Bills 17, Jets 13, somewhere around there. I think it's going to be a slow start for this offense. But I think the defense is going uh, to show quite a bit. And I think we'll see – even though even the offense doesn't perform well in terms of how many points they put up or the overall production, I think we'll see the seeds of this offense being better throughout the season. Uh, this is the first game, like you said, this offensive line, no preseason time together. So there's going to be some ugly moments, especially in terms of picking up blitzes and then Darnold, his route combinations, chemistry with Brashad Perriman and also Chris Hogan, who came in very late in the season. So there are going to be some ugly moments, I think, but we're also going to see flashes here and there uh, of the Jets having things they didn't have last year. A left tackle who could actually create room on a down block, a center who could actually win a one-on-one pass blocking rep against a really good one-technique defensive tackle. Things like that that the Jets just didn't have. Brashad Perriman maybe pulling in a touchdown in the red zone. Uh, things like that. I think we're going to see flashes uh, of what the Jets offense will be capable of. But at the same time, I think uh, it might be a little bit hard for them to have a productive game considering, uh, you know, the lack of time they've had to build chemistry. But I think the defense will do well, hold the Bills down. So I think Bills 17, Jets 13 is where I lean. But the Jets can definitely win this game. It's not – I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, there's a lot of question marks for the Jets, starting with the secondary, I guess, is – Pierre Desir is just practicing now for the first time uh, this past week. You know, how is Bless Austin going to match up with Stephon Diggs and, and or John Brown? Uh, so there's a question mark there. The question mark of how is this offensive line going to gel together this early with no OTAs and, and no preseason games and a, and a shortened training camp? Um, I mean, there's questions all across the board for the Jets. I agree with you. I would not be surprised if I turned my TV on on Sunday and watched the Jets upset the Bills. I think I would – I mean, I could very well see it happening. I'm trying to fight my inner fan because I, I, in the Jet X predictions, I predicted they would win. I'm sitting here now, though, and it's, it's hard. I'm going back and forth. Um, but I'm trying to, to be as realis- realistic as possible, and I would put it this way. I think the Jet, the Bills have more ways to win. They have less question marks. They have more continuity. Um, they have the, the big mismatch in the receiver versus the Jets' corners. So those are the reasons I would point to that I think I agree with you. I think the Bills will win this game. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it could be a very sloppy game, you know, especially Perriman and, and Mims have been out. How much does Darnold have chemistry with those two guys? Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a slugfest defensive battle for both teams. But Buffalo has the advantage having a higher rate of, of continuity coming back. Um, so I, I guess I, I would go that way as well. But, again, I really could see the – I mean, I've gone back and forth. I would say I'm like 55-45. If you factor in some fan bias there, it's probably more, you know, 60-40. But, uh, you know, I think Darnold is, is 
not going to have a monster game because I think what we talked about, the best pass defense in all football, they're going to have to go a lot of underneath stuff to Crowder and whatnot. But if Herndon can win his matchups, if Bell can be effective as a receiver, he could have. But I, I see Sam, you know, right around 200 yards, maybe a touchdown and an interception. I think Bell will be a big one. If he can get over 100 yards, I think the Jets will be in good shape. Um, but as far as the score prediction, yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be a 13, 17, uh, just to be different. I'll go 17 to 20 or seven or 20 to 24. Uh, I should probably should lock it in. I'll, I'll go 17 to 20, uh, bills, but I think it'll yeah, be a close I, game. I feel like if this, if the jets win, I would definitely have a lot, a much bigger reaction to that than if they lose. And unless right. the loss is completely embarrassing, I feel if they lose, like I said, like 17, 13, we see some signs like, you know, all right, I kind of expected that. But if they win, I definitely feel like uh, it would be, you know, not surprising because, again, I think they can win, but I'm leaning towards Buffalo. But if they win, I feel like I'd be really, you know, feeling good about them. Yeah, if, if they if they lose because, let's say, May doesn't play or uh, Diggs torches this year two times for a big touchdown, but the offense is still moving the ball, the offensive line looks good, Darnold has a few touchdowns or whatever. I'm going to feel, be feeling optimistic still about this season. I would say I would feel the same way I feel right now about that. I think the Jets can be, surprise some teams. Um, there are ways for the Jets to lose this game and still feel good. But, I, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think that this uh, is a game the Jets can win. Um, and certainly it's a big game, I guess, as far as the division goes. But there's just yeah. so many question marks, especially with how weird this offseason has been and all the turnover that the Jets have had, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, no Adams, no Mosley. We'll see about May. Uh, hopefully he'll play. But um, just th- there are more ways for, for the Bills to win for the Jets. So that's why I would, I would go with them. Yeah. And, I mean, even though we want to take some moral victories away, like they have a tough next two games after this, have to play San Francisco. It is at home, which helps quite a bit to have that uh, cross-country advantage. Then they have to go to Indianapolis. To Indianapolis play a Colts, a Colts team that I think is pretty good. So, tough next two games so even though there could be some moral victories they lose this game they also if you want them to compete the season kind of have to grab this one uh to get themselves off in the right foot so right um, it'll certainly make it an easier path yeah it would definitely help quite a bit to take and also the division games something they haven't done well enough the past few seasons are going to be a lot more important this season because the division titles actually in play it's not like Every single season with the Jets, you don't even think about winning the division. Right. It's just <laughs> locked up literally, every single season. It's like, how are we going to get that sixth seed? And you forget the, that most teams in the NFL have two ways of getting to the playoffs. Yeah, literally the first time since I've been a fan, except 2008, that the Jets have actually had a realistic shot at winning the division. I guess 2010, but even then, it was Belichick Brady at their peak. This is the first time where I've really felt, wow, this is wide open. That I mean, I could even see the Dolphins winning this division. I really don't know what the season's going to hold. Um, I hope the Jets take that next step forward uh, and, you know, and that means that Adam Gase returns. I mean, I hope Adam Gase returns because that means that they, I mean, hopefully that would mean that his, his Sam Donald took the next step and his offense was efficient and the Jets won a good amount of games. Um, I'm yeah, hoping if he for returns. That. I would hope it's a legitimate return yeah. <laughs> and not because another season like this last one where it's like, great job. You went seven and nine and beat yeah. the Giants. Right, exactly. No, no. I if if Gase returns, I want a legitimate Gase return. But if they can take that next step and establish that foundation of some of the key guys that want to move forward with the core, and then they have all these first round picks and all this cap space, I'd be pretty pretty excited about it. But 
that'll wrap it up for us. You can follow us at CYJ Pod. Tweet us your predictions for the game on this Sunday. We'll obviously be quite active over the next few days uh, getting ready for the game. I mean, I honestly can't wait. This, this week has, has been moving at a crawl. I mean, I've literally since last Sunday been ecstatic for this game. Um, and similar to last year, I was ecstatic all week. And then the next week, it was just absolute torture. So maybe I should temper my expectations a little bit. But either way, I'm, I'm still pretty ecstatic to just watch Jets football uh, again. But you can follow us at CYJ Pod. Tweet us your, your predictions. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. We're also on JetsXFactor.com. It's the best place to go. Um, for Jets content and you can follow Michael the the star of of Manish Mehta's latest article Michael uh, (laughs) Nania at Michael underscore Nania you can follow myself at Ben W Blessington Um, but yeah that'll do it for us Michael any last words Uh, I mean you brought up the article just uh, that was it was really cool to see and I appreciate anyone who reached out about that it was it was very cool I mean that's about all I can say about it it's just uh, very cool I've gotten to this point I don't think I thought I'd be doing this podcast with you at this point. Cause I mean, like when I started, like listening to your podcast is one of the things that I did uh, when you were doing the jet take and like now to be doing it with you is pretty cool. And then also to have jet X and so many people who read that and listen to the things uh, that I tweet and all the different, you know, videos, clips, stats and everything. It's very cool. So uh, I appreciate all of that and look forward to hopefully a season that is, you know, about chasing the playoffs and not evaluating players and looking forward to free agency next year. Did you, did you tell Manish that, that I inspired you or is, is that why that, that didn't make it into the article or. I did. I did <laughs> tell him. <laughs> At least we got the shirt. The shirt was in the cover photo. Shirt, the shirt is in there. The brand, yep. the branding the is only out there. two CYJ pod shirts in all of existence owned by me yep. and you. <laughs> um, all right. That'll wrap it up for us. Everybody uh, obviously exciting times. Uh, two days away from the jet season. I hope everybody's doing well. Stay safe, stay healthy and go Jets. Ronald takes the snap. Looks left under pressure. Yes.